Welcome to the Legacy Podcast by the Butler Legacy Foundation, created by the family of Sir Milo Butler, a trailblazing Bahamian entrepreneur, freedom fighter, and political leader whose impact is felt throughout the Caribbean to this day. We, his descendants, gather to share the stories of success and insights that have made us who we are. We are taking ownership of our incredible legacy and empowering others to create their own. Let me say to you both, thank you so very, very much for what you're doing for your country. So very, very much. This is phenomenal. Truly phenomenal. I wish you every success with this. Thank you. Milo's greatness runs so deep. So deep. I will give my remarks in this context. Bear in mind, I grew up in Ross Corner. So I grew up hearing about this man, Milo Butler. I grew up hearing about this man who's go to the hospital yeah. and give people money. Yeah. No publicity, just philanthropists. Yeah. Don't forget that as you paint some Milo and all that you said, do not forget the philanthropists. For, for Joe Average across over the hill, that may have been the most meaningful impact yeah. of Samalo. Wow. He's in the people in the hospital, this man coming giving you something. Welcome you to the second episode of the Legacy Podcast. And man, I must tell you guys, I am so excited to be here today with my dear cousin Loretta. Uh, we just launched the first episode with our special guest, and the feedback has been tremendous. So you guys are in for a special treat. Loretta, good to see you again. Thank you. I am so excited. You know, I, I guess I get all goosebumps when I get in front of the camera, but I've got to tell you, the feedback we've gotten from our first episode has been amazing. So we look forward to growing this podcast and introducing new guests and obviously telling the story and encouraging people to create their own legacies. Franklin, this is absolutely wonderful. Thank you for partnering with me, Laura. You know, uh, the purpose of this podcast is to continue to educate and inspire families to think about their legacies and what they can do to not only tell stories, but to think about the impact, particularly here in the Bahamas as we celebrate 50 years of, in, of independence. And the work that Samilo and Lady Caroline, our grandparents have done in this country is just tremendous. And as you know, this is really you know, why the Butler Legacy uh, Foundation, along with the Echo here at Bahama, have agreed to partner with us as sponsors of this incredible podcast. And, you know, we've always been reminded of our goodly heritage. So we are so grateful that now we're in generation five of our family and the fact that we've been able to sustain a black family business over these five generations. Yes, and that is not, that is so uncommon. 
And I think that's really why this podcast and the ability to, once we get past the foundational episodes of telling the story of Samayal and Lady Caroline, it's really going to be great to hear some of those incredible G5 and G4 stories. And so today, Franklin, you know, I always get excited when I think about the guests that we've selected. We are so privileged today to have um, outstanding Bahamians in their own rights, uh, basically people who have contributed, are contributing, and building their legacies as well. So we're so happy to welcome, as our special guest today, none other than, can I say this? He's your godfather. Absolutely. Oh, he's your godfather. <laughs> and listen, I am, I am his most favorite godson, oh. so by all means, please, uh, please disclose that that is my godfather. Thank you so much <laughs> to have my godfather, Sir Franklin Wilson, uh, join us today. Sir Franklin, welcome to the show. My pleasure. It's a privilege. And of course, you know, it's no coincidence, or maybe it is coincidence, that he and your dad were both named Franklins. They both were YPOers. And of course, they got you in. And they called me Franklin. The irony of life. <laughs> you know, so I mean, that, that, that in and of itself speaks to those generational exchanges. But we also have with us someone that I watched grow up in our church, someone who I know has, you know, a goodly and godly heritage Absolutely. coming from um, pioneers with his mother and his father. Uh, we have none other than the inimitable Mr. <laughs> Carlos Palacios. <laughs> Thank you so much. That is just an amazing introduction. It's truly an honor and it's a privilege to be here to join in this dialogue. And congratulations on an amazing launch event and a first episode. Looking forward to the conversation. Oh, we're so happy to have you because we know you're creating your legacy at a young age as well. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Great. So Carlos, let's get straight to you. Let's, let's get straight to you. Tell us a little bit about Braun, what you've been doing. Uh, Sir Franklin needs no introduction. So we're going to start with you, and then we're going to get to Sir Franklin. So tell me a little about what you've been up to, uh, the story of Braun, and how you've evolved as the first coastal engineer in the Bahamas. Thank you so much, Franklin. It's a pleasure, and it's always a privilege to talk about the story of what we're trying to build at Braun and what it means. Um, I always start with the the context of loss. And it really was when I lost my job in Miami, 2008 recession, coming back home, feeling defeated, not knowing how necessarily to pull a career that had just started up. And with the dire outlook, being connected with someone who's now a business partner, a mentor, who is Scott Black here, came to the Bahamas, a Canadian, had started a company called Caribbean Coastal Services. At the time when I came, I hadn't even studied coastal engineering as yet. There were none in the Bahamas. Understanding that there was a need, realizing quickly that climate change and hurricanes were something that, while it wasn't even a topic yet, was something that the country needed. It was the desire to determine how could I contribute that to that, um, being brought up by parents and grandparents who always instilled the need to determine what problems you can solve rather than being a part of the dialogue in, 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 in issues, being a part of the problem-solving strategy. And studied coastal engineering and was ready to come back home. Scott said that, listen, if you come and help me build something, that will be a legacy business, that will be owned and operated by Bahamians, that will mean that we can make a meaningful contribution to many of the greatest projects in our country and region, then you will be somebody who will have the reins. And I trusted that. And since then, we built 
what's the largest development consulting firm in the English-speaking Caribbean. Excellent. We so are do, do you an realize company? No, but do you realize just in listening to you that there are parallels between you and Sir Milo? Absolutely. And you know the fact that Sir Milo, at a very young age, also moved to Florida with his with his mother and his sisters and you know saw things happening there in that day from a social and civil rights movement and came back to replicate those things just as you're now doing um in your career as an engineer so these parallels are so important to us they are and it's so important that you bring that up loretta during my time in miami when i was there working i lived in coconut grove Interesting. And I was there in the Bahamian community. Of yeah. course, it's now named after us and after our legacy. And so I used to sit under the tree and play dominoes. I used to walk past, my office was on Bayshore Drive. So it was about a 20-minute walk or a 10-minute bus ride from where I lived in Coconut Grove. I went to the church that was the Bahamian diaspora. And what I quickly came to understand is that there's Bahamian talent everywhere. Yep. Our diaspora that's described in a negative connotation oftentimes as brain drain want to be connected to the Bahamas. Absolutely. They want to move back home. And so realizing that there was a need for young persons to come build the foundation that others could then be excited to come back. We just had a team member join who moved back from Florida. He just joined our company yesterday. Fantastic. Another coastal engineer Fantastic. moving back from Florida. Uh, excellent experience to move back home to be with his family in Abaco. He can work on projects throughout the Caribbean and build this country by being based here. We are looking to do it. We need the opportunity and we have to be able to disrupt and push similar to what Samilo did. Building the Bahamian legacy. Absolutely. So, so Loretta, before we get to Sir Franklin, let's talk a little bit of Samilo's entrepreneurial journey. As you know, he started a meat shop with Davey Knowles. He started Milo Butler and Sons that everybody knows. He ran a family farm, the stories of ice runs that our fathers participated in. He did sponging, he had rental housing, he had shell and straw work. He was into fashion, was a part owner of the Zanzibar nightclub. He exported cascarilla bark and lignum vitae. And of course, you know, so many things that made him a professional entrepreneur before he became a politician. The, the amazing thing is, and those of us that grew up in the shadows of Granddaddy and Grammy, we were able, as younger generation, to witness all of those things. Yes, even in the 60s, 70s, early 80s, we were actually still selling ice from the pawn store on Ernest Street. But you mentioned the straw. And, you know, here is where I think our stories um, overlap with that of Sir Franklin. Because if you know anything about your godfather, his mother was one of those leading um, women in the straw market. And of course, generationally, her daughters followed behind her. And it is with the funds that they gleaned, I believe, from straw vending that his, he and his brother yep. were actually sent off to, to university. Formal education. And, and so Sir Milo's connection with the straw market, as you will recall, being the entrepreneur that he was and wanting to encourage other people, he would take us down to the straw market three times a week. Wow. Where every straw vendor had a little black book and he would collect their money. And this was like a passbook, a bank book. Yep. He would collect their money and then we would then the next day have to take that money to the Royal Bank of Canada on Bay Street. And at Christmas or Easter or whenever the straw vendors needed their money, we would then have to 
to go and get the money and then deliver it to them. And I'm sure persons like Del Jane Wilson, um, Thurston Wilson, um, <laughs> definitely would have been one of the persons that Sir Milo would have interacted with. Let me say to you both, thank you so very, very much for what you're doing for your country. So very, very much. This is phenomenal, truly phenomenal. I wish you every success with this. Thank you. Milo's greatness runs so deep, so deep. I will give my remarks in this context. Bear in mind, I grew up in Ross Corner. Yeah. So I grew up hearing about this man, Milo Butler. I grew up hearing about this man who's go to the hospital yeah. and give people money. No publicity, just philanthropists. Yeah. Don't forget that as you paint some Milo and all that you said, do not forget the philanthropists. For, for Joe Average across over the hill, that may have been the most meaningful impact yeah. of some Milo. Wow. He's in the people in the hospital, this man coming, giving you something. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, this, this. It's, it's, okay, so that's the first point. Understand <clears throat> I, what I grew up hearing. Then comes the 1972 general elections. At 25 years of age, I'm elected to parliament. Okay. And the first parliamentary meeting I go to, I happen to sit next to this man called Milo Butler. <laughs> I love it. I'm sitting next to Milo Butler. <laughs> and what is the main item on the agenda? The main item on the agenda is to take the formal vote that this will be the first governor general in an independent Bahamas. Oh wow. my goodness. Wow. wow. And I am sitting next to Milo. And while the conversation is going on in the room, in the Churchill building, in the cabinet office, everyone's talking, talking, talking. And it's like Milo Butler talking to me like I'm the only person in the room. <laughs> what they talking about him and all they talking about him and what makes him a, the right person for the job and all this stuff, that was the conversation, wow. okay? And I'm sitting there. I'll never forget this. Remember what I heard about Milo now? The man, I'm 25. This is the man who's gonna be the governor general. This is, this is all he is. You're making your entrance and he's let me making his exit. No, but I'm not, let me go forward. You know what he starts out the conversation? Mr. Wilson. <laughs> Milo, what, what? <laughs> yeah. Mr. Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson. Yeah. And you know what the conversation was? I'm an accountant. I knew nothing about Nothing about, uh, I, I was not in the construction business at the time, at Arawak or anything, right? So, <clears throat> Milo Butler turns around to me. It turns out, just before the, the conversation got to his appointment to be, the formal appointment to be Governor General, there was this discussion in the parliamentary group about low-cost housing. There was not low-cost housing, about the building code. Okay. There was a there was 
there was a draft bill to go to Parliament the next day or two days later or whenever. Right. <clears throat> so, so the subject was the building code. This Mallow Butler asking me, Mr. Wilson, what do you think if we do this or what if we do that? Wow. Could we lower the cost of construction yeah. for people to get houses? This the man talking to me, this Milo Butler. <laughs> That's the conversation he had with me. Yeah. Wow. And this is while everybody else in the room yeah. talking about appointing him governor general. I will never forget that as long as I live. Wow. That's an incredible wow. story. I, I define when I talk about the concept of humility. When I talk about the concept of humility, I cannot possibly separate that from that exchange with Samalu Butler. Wow. See, I did not know that. And, and, and consequently, consequently, the Franklin Wilson yes. of the Bahamas became renowned for low-cost housing. At the time, for, I was not in had, Iraq. No, homes. you were not. You were not. You were a young accountant. This, this man asking me, yeah. this Malabutla asking me what I think about the building code. Yeah. Do you think that that in some way influenced, influenced who, you? Who in, knows? All I'm telling you is I left there. I couldn't wait, man, to tell my mother about this exchange I had with Samalo. Yeah, yeah. That is amazing. You got to understand, like you say, what Samalo was, and I could tell her her baby boy yeah, yeah. had this exchange with Samalo. That was a big deal, not just to her, but not just to me, but to her. Yeah. But while they were having that discussion in the cabinet, yeah. did you sense, because we, we, we definitely sensed it in the family, he was a reluctant beaver <clears throat> of frontline politics. He did not want to leave. Let you know, he, he really, really was not interested let in me, being the governor general. Loretta, let me say this to you. That is quite possible. All I know, I could tell you, not on the basis no one told me. I was in the room when the formal decision was being taken. And I could tell you, he was in sitting there, taken in with all these people saying about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While all them talking about him. He engaging with you. He engaging with me. <laughs> <I love. laughs> and he engaging with me on something that got nothing to do with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's my first encounter with tomorrow, okay? <clears throat> so then, let me tell you, a second thing that happens, okay? Marlow Butler, the minister. <clears throat> he was the minister of labor. Right. Or whatever, yes, labor, I guess. If he correct. was health, if he was health, there's a labor matter that came up. Okay. Let's put it this way, All okay? Right. If he was the minister of health, it was a labor matter that came up. There's a gentleman here who had a company called Island Industries. Mm. We became eventually, we played tennis together and became friends. <clears throat> and he was telling me the story of his encounter with, first encounter with Samalo. 
Now, this is relevant in the context of the point you all were making last week about what Samalo say, I don't hate white people like so Let me tell you a story. I hate his ways. Malo Butler, as David, I mean, Dave tells me the story. Not, after, not long after the elections, the union people start putting hell on the management of labor of Allen Industries. They ain't treating us right, they ain't doing this, they ain't doing that, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So this ends up at a meeting. And Dave is the manager, right? He got to go to this meeting before Milo Butler to defend the company against these employees who said they're mistreating us. Right. Now he could say, man, that was in his idea of fun when he was getting ready to go to that meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he say, the most incredible meeting he ever had in his life. Wow. And you know what? Well, so Samalo sits there as the minister now. <clears throat> And Samalo says, asks the union to, in effect, what happened? What, what, what's, what's, the, what's the grievance? What's the grievance? <clears throat> and they lay it out. What's the grievance? And Malo even asked Dave to say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Malo say, and that's what you're talking about. And essentially, the rest of the meeting was essentially a lecture from Milo Butler to the union leaders. Wow. Explaining that, look, man, things like hard work and cooperation and working together. And it's a, like, like he teaching them what the, the election victory of 1967 was about. Right. It wasn't to encourage slackness. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that the company had to give you something for nothing. That The rest of the meeting was essentially taken up with Samalo Butler giving a lecture to the union leaders. What a valuable wow. lesson. And, they, and the, the guy told me, by and large, he, in that meeting, he don't think he had to say anything beyond, thank you, minister. Wow, wow. Carlos. You work, you know, with so many diverse persons. That story that Sir Franklin just shared with us, which which I find fascinating because Sir Milo as a minister, as an advocate for the rights of everyone, especially black people in the Bahamas, taking the role of the, the minister to bring reason and to bring um, ease to the work environment. How do you, in today's world, see that happening in terms of our cooperation, our collaboration in bringing people together? That, for me, is a really valuable lesson to not say, okay, because we're all black, I'm going to side with you, but I can teach you a lesson here. Very powerful story, and thank you for sharing that, Sir Franklin. And it speaks to Sir Milo and who he was and instilling core values yeah. in all and living by those core values and being undeterred by who was in the room, who those core values may bias, unbiased, etc., but sticking with what he knew to be right. Yeah. And I think in the business community and especially as a younger generation, 
it's important for us to establish what value systems we live by. What is our purpose for being here? What is the vision that we have set for ourselves, our families, our businesses? What is the future state that we are working toward? And what rules and values are we willing to be to uncompromisingly go after in the pursuit of those things. And so that, we, I think, is what so I get So when from we Samilo. achieved independence, in Lautre's word, Absolutely. that was not the end. That was not the end. That, that is really the, the beginning. That is the beginning. And I challenge, so uh, we, we've been to, to China a number of times. And you can go in the museums where they have decades of their future laid out. And it's a vision. We've had conversation about the national development plan for years and what is the unified vision that we are trying to achieve. And it's, it blends perfectly with the first podcast because the conversation was heavily around bringing causes to the people and those causes are the catalysts that give change. Yeah. So if we know we want change, what cause in 2023 is uniting us through generations, race, heritage to push us forward? And how do each of us in our individual journeys, whether it's our businesses, the civic groups we're in, how do we instill that sense of vision and accomplishment so we are all on the same bus going in the same direction? I love that. That is Samilo. I love that. Equality for all. Yep. Absolutely. Opportunity for all. One bus, all going in the same Amen. direction. Yep. Building legacy. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Loretta, Carlos, Sir Franklin, thank you for that story. You know, as I think about that story, I'm reminded that Nobody can teach you how to treat people. Samilo obviously was a man of the people, and his focus would have been not to make them believe because they were the majority that they were necessarily right, but to use the opportunity to educate them that the right way to be managed and to produce in this instant is still the right way. And I think as I think about my own role as an entrepreneur, it's one of the things that I spend a lot of time with our leadership team thinking, what is the right thing to do? And as I hear that story for Sir Franklin, I'm reminded that that is something that we all must carry forward because, you know, unions had their roles and I'm sure there have been opportunities where unions have played an important role and our history has, has demonstrated that. But in today's time, the question is, how do we treat people the right way? And this idea of self-actualization that you continue to talk about, that is the cause that we are still fighting for. Mm -hmm. For everybody to realize that what is their purpose and how do we ultimately achieve that. And that is really what I think Samila was after, was saying, listen, to give you what you want an additional pay or whatever, um, you know, Island Industries was being accused of is one thing. But your self-actualization will come only if you recognize the benefits of hard work, discipline, you know, what do you say, an honest day's pay for an honest day's work? Absolutely, that's mm -hmm. a great observation. Yeah. And I can tell you, Franklin, one of the things that we learned very early in our lives is that, you know, while we had an honest day's work, <laughs> we may not have always felt we were getting that honest, honest day's, day's pay. pay. That's for sure. But this was the sacrifice sure. that families made so that they can, in fact, work together, collaborate together to build all of these different aspects that, that Sir Milo, our grandfather, actually espoused. He instilled that in us. And I love the fact that when I look at persons like Sir Franklin, when I look at persons like yourselves, you know, you did not get where you are or where you're going by being, um, trying to please the crowd. 
accommodate everybody. Or trying everybody. to actually impress others, but just staying focused to your ideals and working hard. Yeah. Very good point. And I would even add something to that, if I may. I used to catch a ride with Martin, who was yeah. Franklin's younger brother. Yeah. So I had the pleasure and the privilege of spending time with his dad. Yeah. And there were some core things that I learned. One, and this would have been passed down. <laughs> One, we pray every morning in yes. the car. That's right. That's for right. Two, when it's time to get lunch money, it was the amount that was needed, not the amount that, that was, was wanted. wanted. That's uh -huh. for sure. The amount that was needed, not the amount that was wanted. And the second thing is the value of hard work. When it was time for us to go to band practice, yeah. we had to go to band practice. When it was time to offload the 40-footer at 6 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, it was time to do that. So many things that would have been passed down from Samilo to Franklin Sr., to Franklin Jr., Martin, etc., are values and examples that I use with my kids now. Yep. who are two and five. And so this is the power, I think, of legacy yep. because the tentacles of experiences and lessons, uh, they spread and through it, it brings us all together and it makes us all better. Thank you. So Franklin, so Milo named his business Milo Butler and Sons, mm -hmm. even though he had three daughters. Mm -hmm. And we believe part of that was about creating this idea of longevity and legacy. Mm -hmm. As a consequence, we seem to see so many black family business struggle with transitioning from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. In your own experience, you know, what, what, what did you observe from Samilo that made Milo Butler and Sons the success that it is today? And what is it that really plagues us as a people in really transitioning from generation to generation? Very good question. Very, very good question. And I invite the audience to really reflect on that. The first takeaway from that, women need to understand it was not always where it is today. Hopefully they will see in that an appreciation of the strides that have been made to the point where today, quite frankly, I think the scale has gone too far. Too far. Explain what to, you mean by that. Well, the fact of the matter is, we went from where Samalo Butler, by any measure, a progressive man. Yeah. By any measure. But the cultural realities were such that there was no problem, no, no, no adverse implications attributed to him by naming the business Mallow Butler and Sons. Yeah. Today, <laughs> today, ain't no daddy could get away with that. That's for sure. <laughs> that by itself shows something yeah. dramatically has changed. That's for sure. Okay? <clears throat> As a matter of fact, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> yes, yesterday I was traveling, uh -huh. and in the customs area where the baggage is going through, uh -huh. there were seven women and one man. Mm -hmm. So this was six o'clock in the morning and it, it wasn't a lot of people, 6.30 or whatever it was. So I just said to you, I said, you're a ladies man, you know, I counted. I said, man, that's serious stuff, you know, you all gotta work on changing this. This, this, this got a lot of implications, where the husbands for your daughters and you know, this got a lot of implications. 
You know what one of the ladies said? I said, seven to one. She said, yeah, I agree with you, Mr. Wilson, this is serious, because this is why we now have to share. Wow, wow, wow. wow. Oh, no, 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 no. I I, I get the message. You get the message? Absolutely. You see the implications of it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's enough to show this society. Wow. That not only have we gone a long way. We've gone too far, probably. But we may be, in going, we may be making some mistakes. Absolutely. Well, you know, know, it's interesting you should say that and knowing that your wife... Your daughters, myself, yes. those of us, we, we've, we've actually led, you know, campaigns for equality yes. and gender equality and yes. so on and so forth. But, you know, in all things, you know, to put this in context, yes. because I don't want people to say, well, you know, Loretta sat there and listened to what Sir Franklin said, <laughs> and she didn't um, sort of refute it. I don't want to refute <laughs> it, but there has got to be balance. In Loretta, everything. all in I'm every, saying yes, to you is, you're I'm abs- hearing you. There must be balance. What is that? I, I told you a true story. Yeah. You did. Yeah. This is this woman's view. Wow. Her view is the imbalance is such that she says, and I quote her the words. Wow. This is why we have to share. The number, the number. That's almost like a Christian yeah. concept, right? Yes. The yes. idea of sharing. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the but that's seven. not our idea <laughs> no, of a strong idea. family. Absolutely. That's my point. Yeah. But let me go back to my main point, because I don't yeah. want to get digressed with that, okay? One of the things, Franklin and Loretto, that I truly believe will be an outcome from this podcast is you will get people coming to you telling you bits and pieces, I remember this, I remember that. And God willing, you keep this up, you'll be able to tie A and B and C. Correct. As opposed to going from A to B to F. Right. Because you don't know what happened in between. Right. Right. Let me illustrate what I mean, okay? Allow me to reference a few comments made by Mr. Roker in your first podcast, right? He told a story about Marlo Butler walking outside Pritchard, is a Pritchard business. Right. Fast forward, one generation later, one generation later, Marlo's son and is a Pritchard grandson we all in YPO. Yeah. And we have been dinner in the grandson of Asa Pritchard. His house. In his house. Yeah. Now, Sir Fred. Is with him. And Sir Frederick tells the story. The first time he ever heard the name Marlow Butler, he's riding from St. Andrew's School on his bicycle. And riding from his bicycle, he see this man, this big man, <laughs> with something on his chest. <laughs> he didn't know what, he never heard the term placard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this man by himself, understand that now, by himself, walking up and down in the front of this grandpa's shop. Wow. So he went inside and asked, what was that man doing? And they told him, that's Marlo Butler 
and he is protesting, or they, they, whatever happened, they explained it to him. They gave him some explanation. Now, the story about this is this. The takeaway from this is this. In one generation, in one generation, we go from grandpa, from, from daddy, picking it outside granddaddy shop to us breaking bread together. Wow. Amazing. 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 And for those who might have missed that previous podcast, we're talking awesome. not just the um, involvement of these two generations, but we're talking about the integration of the racial divide. That's the point I'm The making. racial divide. Everything positive. Yeah. See, what I'm saying to you is the more the significance of this is that people will be able to connect A to B. Right. And, and great things happen, in my view, when you put a lot of small things together. Right. Somehow it grows into something big. Yeah. That is so amazing. But the truth of the matter is, people now know Sir Frederick, he's still alive. I'm calling names of people who, the, everything I'm saying could be, you know, verified. Could, could be verified. Verified. Yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah. Let me go further. That's one thing that Mr. Roker said. Okay? Right. <clears throat> Mr. Roker also said, told the story of when Samalo went to see Sir Roland, essentially about a loan. Right. Some property thing or something, right? I venture to suggest that is probably the last time Milo Butler went to anyone <laughs> about borrowing money. You're probably right. And Sir Roland may have done Sir Milo a favor by telling him no. Wow. Because it might have stirred in Sir Milo something. And let me tell you why. Tell you why I say that. Going back again to this YPO experience. Yeah. One night, <clears throat> we're having a meeting, and all of us are there, Sir Frederick, my, uh, um, Franklin, and all of us, right. Tiger Finlayson, and, and Tyrone Darville, all these guys, right? <clears throat> and this is a time where, in business circles, this, there was this concept about leverage buyout. And, right. and, and you know, you, you borrow this little bit, and you buy the business with debt, and you turn it around, and you create value like that. And there was a real, this was conventional thinking mm -hmm. yeah, at that time mm -hmm. that you learned in business schools right. all over the world. Right. Right. And we had one night, we had Sir John Templeton was our guest. And Sir John Templeton is speaking to this group. And Sir John Templeton is telling this group of guys now, this group, Everyone who's been using this thing about leverage buyout to do deals. So John says, don't borrow money. Wow. He ain't qualify it. <laughs> don't borrow money. Now, the only reason Sir John Templeton was not thrown out of that meeting <laughs> by that group of guys he was, was because of who he was. Exactly. But... But but someone who they thought less of would have yeah. suffered. It would have been a different interpretation. Right. Okay, this man crazy or something. Yeah. Okay. 
So once John Templeton said that, there was a silence. Because of who he was, no one was going to just challenge him or dismiss it. Yeah. But clearly it's something that was so different from what everybody else in the room was doing. From your conventional thinking. Yeah, yeah that everyone paused. Yeah. And there was a silence. Yeah. There was a silence. And who broke the silence? Franklin's father. Wow. And you know how he broke the silence? He said, you know something, fellas? That may sound strange, but the more I think about it, that's how daddy did it. Wow. Powerful. You put the Powerful. word. You imagine sitting in a group of your peers. Yeah, it's powerful. Someone put forward a view that is so contrary from what everyone in the else in the, everyone else in the room accepts right. as the right way. Yeah. And the person who breaks the ice breaks it not by giving some further theory. You know, he write this, but I read in some book or right, something. Right, right. He ain't break it with no theory. He ain't break it on the basis of something he read in some book. He break it with this is how daddy did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Carlos, having started your own, <laughs> I would say empire now is Braun, from practically scratch. And you hear the story of Samilo and all that he continued to do and this story of him and YPO and my father. People would perceive that there's a concept that Samilo was a self-made man. Do you believe that that is true? And do you believe there's any such thing as a self-made man? So fundamentally, Franklin, I find that the world looks for the stories that they want to see yeah. and not necessarily the, necessarily the journey that it took to get to the destination. And I use the word destination because that also changes as you evolve, as the market grows, et cetera. So the story of how I got in business was starting as an intern for who was then my boss, Scott Blackyear, who became my business partner as I proved myself and he realized his vision of how that could be realized together. Interesting. I started out as an intern in a company called Caribbean Coastal Services. And through the doors that were opened up, I realized the possibilities that allowed us to build something that would last generations beyond us. And so once again, I think the story in a in a world where social media, et cetera, focuses on people, right. selfies, and the ability to take a personal experience and try to portray it as if that is the entire sense of your being, yep. because it's put forward, I think takes away from the fact that it's a journey, and the journey requires an entire community. It's the small things, and I'll go back to a specific example. I was in my third year of undergrad, studying in Canada, my phone rings, I'm home for the Christmas. A friend of mine calls me and says, Carlos, that a very well-known resort is looking to pay a coastal engineer $5,000 a week to consult. Wow. And there are none in the country. And what is coastal engineering? I said, I have no idea and I've never heard of it. I mean, my third <laughs> year of civil and structural engineering at Dalhousie University. Wow. And I'd never heard of it. He said, what do you mean? I'm calling you to find out what's involved because that's a lot of money and I don't even know. I said, listen, I will Google this and I will tell you. 
That was the first time I ever heard about coastal engineering in my entire life. Wow. And the minute I Googled it, I realized that the times my dad took me on the fishing boat down in Auckland's yeah, yeah. where my grandmother is from and to go red snapper fishing in Inagua. And the times my grandmother took me to Saunders Beach, my maternal grandmother, to walk in the sand. And the engineering studies brought me together. But it was a phone call that introduced me to the concept of coastal engineering and to realize that there's no one in the Bahamas who does it and no Bahamians who are qualified or even existed who had studied it. And that was a simple spark. Once again, it takes the community. It can take one call. It can take one friendship. Sometimes it takes one smile to turn your day around that changes your state. And that's what ties into the need to continue to build legacy from where you are and build it together. So Carlos, what do you say to the young person, right? Who is struggling, they in this job, you know, they now been off to school. They're trying to figure out how do I become an entrepreneur? I think instinctively in Bahamians, we have this spirit of entrepreneurship. What advice would you give them around how do they become what they perceive to be Carlos Braun Enterprises, the self-made man. How do they become to this point of self-actualization as we talk about? Great question, Franklin. I, I like a simple quote. Build your dreams or someone will hire you to build theirs. <laughs> I love That's it. That's it. Simple quote. <laughs> build your dreams or someone will hire you to, build to help theirs. build theirs. That's the reality. Our team, just over 70 people, almost all Bahamian, fully Bahamian-owned company, employee-owned. I tell them, I want you to have a side hustle. Wow. Because when everyone thinks like a business person, sell your little conch fritters on the weekend, do your arts and crafts, sell your, your clothes, import things, you learn how entrepreneurship works. Now when we're sitting making decisions as a company, strategically, you understand what the bottom line is when I use that word. Right. You understand what the difference between profit, revenue, and all of these terms are. Because we are all here to be the best version of ourselves, and we are all here to be more than what the world tells us. When we have a job title, that's what someone tells you you are. That's not who you are. Yeah. So how do you translate the gifts and the talents that you are born with in an environment that has endless opportunities? At the cruise ship port, there's 25,000 people who come to our shores someday. You know what it is to have a business that just taps into a few cents yep. on 10% of them? Yep. We all have that creative genius in us. Yep. And it allows it to come out when we all chase after our dreams at a small, small piece of the pie at a time. Thank you. Very well said. Thank you very, very much. I like the, I like the fact when you draw on that side hustle. Yeah. You know, Franklin, that's so interesting. I wonder how many side hustles Sir Milo had, because really, you know, there was everything that was going on that he was doing, um, whether it was selling liquor, whether it was delivering ice, whether it was actually growing farm produce or raising creatures, as they called it. There was nothing beneath him, even though he was not, an educated university graduate like Carlos, yeah. like Mr. Wilson, he actually had what we call that mother's wit. Absolutely. And that determination to have many side hustles. And it also speaks, it really speaks to when you talk about building wealth, having various revenue streams at one time. You know, many of us rely on, one, uh, on, on a salary yep. or one income, you're not going to grow wealth like that. Yep. You're not going to grow exactly. wealth. You're not, and, and you know, it's not about growing wealth for the wants. 
but it's definitely about growing wealth to be able to help each other, to Absolutely. help other people as well, because we saw that illustrated in our grandfather's life. I think that was the opening salvo that we got from Sir Franklin yeah. with regards to granddaddy going to the hospital and giving back. You're growing wealth, not to keep it for yourself, but to be able to share and encourage others. Absolutely. And we have certain rules that we even use as we approach entrepreneurship. We expanded into farming, hydroponic farming. We expanded into uh, manufacturing. When everyone was talking about aragonite, aragonite, we just went and Googled, well, what can you make out of aragonite? Yep. And now we produce and we sell straws through most of the franchises in the country out of Bahamian aragonite. Yep. And the opportunities are there. Yep. We have natural resources. And the reality is if the things we do do not create wealth for the persons who help to build it, to exchange the time that they commit with us on an eight-hour, 40-hour week job into something that translates to bringing a better quality of life for their families, then we don't even go after the business opportunity. Yeah. So Carlos, Sir Franklin, on that point, all of us here are fairly privileged, even you, Loretta. So the opportunities in the Bahamas ain't restricted just for us? And I say that because it's easy for people to perceive that our ability to be good entrepreneurs are tied to something different than the values of hard work. This idea of curiosity that you talk about in terms of, hey, hard for $5,000 a week to be a coastal engineer, and that's how you end up being a... Con because draw that point out around what really creates this opportunity for the entrepreneur who is trying to figure this thing out. Because they often think it's a Franklin because you... You was born who you are. Let me make <clears throat> this point. Firstly, Carlos, let me say, it's interesting. History repeats itself. Yeah. He had never met a coastal engineer when he went to study coastal engineering. I had never met in my life a chartered accountant when I went to study accounting. Wow. He ended up at Dalhousie. I ended up at Dalhousie. Wow. <laughs> How did I get to be a Chartered accountant. Him, a phone call. Me, a cousin, being Ross Garner shooting marble <laughs> and playing kite and doing all them things. Yeah. He got a job in Barclays Bank. And every time he come home, he come home talking about the accountant in the bank. Wow. What the accountants do. And just from him telling me about what the accountants do, that's why I say I want to be an accountant. Wow. And he succeeded because, look, he was the first co coastal engineer. My certificate in the Bahamas Institute of Chartered Accountants is number six. Wow. 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 So what I'm what is the point? To answer your question, Frankie, what we need to do is to do everything we can to help people get out their head. Two things. Any sense that someone got a Give me this, Absolutely. that it's in the Constitution, that I'm entitled to this. Right. The most dangerous thing in our country is now these people talking about sovereign wealth fund. You're going to get $100,000 of this and yep. that. that. That is foolishness. Yep. It's dangerous. It's, it's, it's unwise. It's, it's, it, it, we got to get it. Before you could really move forward, some people got to get stuff out of their head. Yep. His saving grace, my saving grace, your saving grace is, thank God, through good luck, fortune, whatever the hell it is, we never had this in our head. That's for sure. We never had the excuse 
that when you got fired in 2008, it's because the government didn't do this or the government didn't, or someone do something to you or something. And someone owed you something to fix your problem. Always someone You did else's not have fault. to go through that. I think that's the point you're making. You didn't blame anybody. You didn't look for excuse. Yep. Yep. Secondly, look at him. He developed capital. Capital comes in more than one form. Yep. It's money, but he developed something that Mr. Blackie said, saw. Blackie didn't pick him out and say, I can make you my partner. Yeah, yeah. Blackie saw something yeah. which was of value to Blackie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I tell people another story. Usefulness, timing, all these things. I graduated from Dalhousie University in 1968. Wow. Listen to me, 68. Anthony Thompson graduated in 1966, or 65, sorry. The same degree, the same degree, the same university. Anthony Thompson could not get one job in the accounting business in this country in 65. Not one firm would give him a job. Oh wow. my goodness. I wow. came home in 68. Every firm wanted to give me a job. Wow. Now what change? Timing. The election. What change? Timing. Anyone who doubts the seriousness and significance of majority, majority rule day, yeah. they stupid. Yeah. Timing. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Okay? Amen. The fact of the matter is it changed that much. Yeah. The dynamics of everything. The, everything changed. Not one person would get Anthony Thompson a job. Well. Everyone wanted to offer me a job. Okay? I could have stayed to Pete Mark Mitchell. I knew I was on a track to partnership. But like you, I said, no, man. My mother was an entrepreneur. Well, she was. Franklin Butler, listen here, man. I want everyone to know. This man is, he is what he is, not by accident. His daddy, the biggest thing that Franklin Butler Jr. is demonstrating today is what he learned from his daddy, not what his daddy leave him. Yeah, it's true. Not what his daddy left him, but his daddy fed into him values. Yeah. So when the answer to your question, Frankie, is if people watching this, feed into your children values. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people in society today look at legacy families, not just butlers, and they say, oh, well, you inherited this Absolutely. or you inherited that. Absolutely. They do not look at those intangibles that are instilled in us. Loretta, let me interrupt you, man, to tell you how serious what you say it is. Yeah. When we started Junior Achievement, I happened to know the story of Michael Morris Sr. Yeah. Michael Morris Sr., as a boy growing up, I knew moral lumber as that's, that's everything yeah, yeah christmas that's everything okay mal franklin i mean uh Ma michael mora senior not the, the the son now is running the yeah, ball Mike Jr. okay that that was a family business it was he grew up thinking this will ever be a family business yep. the fact of the matter is Somehow, some way, the business was sold. Yep. The business was sold. And so, Mallow, but I mean, uh, Michael Morris Sr. didn't 
have the opportunity to realize what you say about your dream. Yep. Okay. So Michael went to work for the companies that bought it. Yep. Lone Star, whatever the hell it's yeah. called. Okay. He went to the States, worked with them, doing well. He could have made enough money there. And that could have been a good life. Yeah. He went to the people and said, listen, man, can I buy the company back? Yeah. And he bought the company back. Yeah. He bought the company back and shared shares among the family. This, let's, let's put this back into a family business. Yep. That story was so powerful. I asked Mike Moran Senior, I says, Michael, man, we're having this banquet for the junior achievers. Would you just speak to them and tell, tell them, them your story? Because yeah. they just assume he born into this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was automatic. Yeah. He inherited. Franklin, I absolutely love that because, you know, what it shows and demonstrates to us is there are many people, even those of us in business, that do not understand the challenges and the adversities of building generational businesses and generational wealth. Absolutely, Loretta. As you know, we, we have our own story as butlers. And so, so frankly, I want you to continue to share the story of Mike, right, because uh, of the Mora family, because this is the challenge I think so many people from the outside don't understand. But on the inside of these family businesses, it is really unique and dynamic yes. because these relationships are founded on deep love. That's right. And as you know, love will cause us to do That's right. some of the <laughs> most outrageous Yeah but also some of the most meaningful things. And yeah. so I'd love you to talk a little bit more about how multi-generational businesses- Well, let me, let me put it this way. The point you're making about people assume. Yeah. The biggest mistake so many people make is they assume what they see reflects what always was. Right. Wow. <laughs> that just ain't true. Yeah. My story is the first time I slept in a bed, I was in my teens. Wow. I happened to be the 10th child in the family. The first eight were girls. Every time one of them got married and left, I got closer and closer to sleeping <laughs> in the bed. Wow, wow. Now that's that? a like, reality, what? eh? That's my reality. That's powerful. And by the, time, have no idea. by the time the last one got married, my brother and I could sleep by ourselves in the bed <laughs> together. Before that, I slept on the floor. Wow. My daddy would walk over me, or after a while we figured it out, he would come, I would sleep in a way where he didn't have to walk over me. Yeah, yeah. To wake up my brother, in time for him to get ready to go to St. Augustine's College on bicycle. Wow. A lot of people didn't realize St. Augustine's in Fox Hill, there was a time when the school was eight to eight. Wow, yeah. Eight in the morning till eight in the night. Uh. And the boys, it was all boys, and they got there on their bicycle. That was my story. So people today assume this. People look at uh, Sir Franklin today and they say, oh, you know, they are they have it all made they have they have everything you could possibly want and the important thing i take away from this is that 
Well, we know what assumptions mean. Yeah. You know, it, it really is not a good thing to make these assumptions. But, you know, when you look at your story, Sir Franklin, you demonstrated, you have illustrated to us through your stories today exactly how you are like a Sir Milo, like your mother, an entrepreneur, and one that endured and persevered. As a matter of fact, let me tell you all as butlers, sometimes this legacy becomes a liability. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's now you're true. To the and let me tell you the liability. Yeah. Franklin's father wanted to succeed Samilo as the member of parliament for St. Agnes or Baintown. I was in the, in the, in the uh, council meeting. Yeah. I was in the PLP council meeting wow. when the matter came up about Franklin Butler being, getting the nomination. The biggest favor the NGC ever did to Franklin Butler was when they told him no. Yeah, yeah. And they, why did they tell him no? Because the mindset, the culture of the company is we cannot cre do anything that create a sense. That there's a dynasty. There's a dynasty. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. So Franklin Butler never got that nomination, not because he was not the best candidate. Wow. Not because he was not by far the most fit and proper person for the party to run. But the fact of the matter is, he was Milo's son. Wow. So let me tell you, man, so many times, and, and, and Franklin and I, you know, we, yeah, yeah. let me tell you something. <laughs> for people my age and a little older, The most serious way you could tell that person, you're my friend, is to ask someone to say, I want, I want you to be my son, Godfather. Yep. For Bahamian culture, if you're a certain age, there's no other way you could tell someone yep. in a more concrete way that you are my friend, is that. Those are the values of the village that we grew up in. That was the value. Yep, yep. That was the value. Yeah. And so, so I go back to your theme about the dynasty thing. Sometimes you pay a price. Yeah. And people don't see that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you pay a price. You pay a huge price, really, because many times, as you have just demonstrated so aptly, um, even those of us that may not have paid such a heavy price, you see doors that are closed because they figure you got it, you know, or doors that are not easily opened because they figure you've already arrived. Absolutely. So, so I, 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 there is the curse That's of the building these ways. legacies. Yeah. Yeah. It works both ways. That's the point I'm making. And, but the point is, the point is, similarly me, with my story. Just like Franklin. The fact of the matter is, his story 
was the election when Malo became the governor the general. general. Right. My reality was, my reality was, I ran, I won. Mm -hmm. The then prime minister and I had a different point of view. Mm -hmm. He saw it one way, saw something one way. I saw something a different way. I said, Prime Minister, respectfully, I see it different. Yeah. People thought I was being whatever. Yeah. I paid my price. Yeah. yeah. But you the stood on the principle that you believed. That's and that's what Franklin Daddy did. Yeah. Franklin Daddy, they all don't want to nominate me, fine. Yeah. yeah. He ain't got their cursing people. Yeah. I never heard Franklin Butler say it. Ill word about any of the people yep. who he knew that night yep. prevented him from doing what at that point he wanted to do. Yep. And so at the end of the day, I saw in Franklin's conduct, you talk about things that influence you. Yep. See, this is my friend. <laughs> yeah. I saw the way he conducted himself when he was faced with that basis for disappointment. So in 77, when my time come, essentially I acted the same <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I acted the same There's way. There's something about you all Franklin. <laughs> and and, and else was the same way. Just like how the Lord subsequently said, you were going in the door, I didn't want you to go. Yeah, yeah. So I closed it, so yeah. you couldn't go. Yeah. Same thing with me. Yeah. The Lord, I had the nomination. The party took the nomination they'd already given me. Yep. Because the Lord was saying, I don't want you in that door. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so it's so interesting to learn all of this because Uncle Frank would also mentor me um, as the daughter he never had. Yes. And one of the things is we spent a lot of quality time together. And, you know, I see the values that were passed on to him from granddaddy. And he was pouring them into me when I said to him, I wanted to go into politics. And, you know, one of the things he said to me, and this goes right back to yes. your whole YPO story. He always told me, first of all, you do not go into politics broke. That's my point. Yep. He always said that. That's my point. You do not go into politics broke. Yes. And he said, secondly, yes. if you ever yes. need anything, yes. yep. you do not borrow from anyone. That's yep. You come to our family. Absolutely. You come to I our know. family. And so he lived out exactly yes. what you said I'm he shared. You. And I had to live by that. Yes. And as a matter of fact, when I did go into politics, yes. He gave me my first financial contribution. Yes. Wow. And so, you know, those values Man. that he grew up on, yep. he lived them and he made sure that they were instilled in us. So the whole concept of borrowing yep. and borrowing from people we do not know, yep. because he said there will be a day for payback. Absolutely. Yeah. And so these are the things that, that I have been able to personally carry away. And just hearing you share them, you know, through your stories, is it, I now get greater connectivity. Yeah. Yes. Well, so, let me say this to you. Let's go to Milo Butler as daddy. Yeah. As daddy. 
See, firstly, look at so many of his peers, man. Yeah. Look at so many of his peers. Look at their personal life. Yeah. Look at their personal life. Let's look at Milo Butler as daddy. And compare his personal life to so many others yeah. who were his peers. I encourage you, look at that. Not with the view of being unkind to anyone else, right. but the fact of the matter is he chose a different path. Yeah. And I submit that there's a relationship between that path and the outcome. Absolutely. Secondly, look at Dad, at Mallow Butler, husband. Yeah. See what you're all doing here? Yeah. You're, everything you're all doing, you all are paying great respect yeah. to Lady Caroline. Yeah. Because you all see that Mallow paid respect to Lady Caroline. That's for sure. Yeah. Without question. Yeah. And trusted her. You see what I'm saying to you? What I'm saying to you is to understand the man, look at daddy. Yep. Not when no one tell you. Yeah. Look at daddy. Yeah. Okay? Then look at husband. They they foundational relationships, man. Yeah. 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 They, they foundation relationships. So Franklin Loretta, I must tell you, I I've been particularly quiet yeah. <laughs> the last few minutes because I, you know, the story of how to deal with the challenges of life with a degree of humility. Yes. Really resonate with me. Yes. Even as I think about where we are on this journey, this podcast and how we get there. Yes. That got significance for me in a real kind of way. Yes. Because to extend love and to extend grace. Yes even in the face of challenges, yes. is something we really struggle <clears throat> with as a community, as a society, and something that, I'll be honest, I probably didn't quite understand it until right. <laughs> I listened to you tell the story of yeah. my father and being turned down as the yes. representative or potential representative yes. for the PLP. Yes. And even Loretta, you talk about my dad and your journey. That for me, it's really impactful because Really now I'm more conscious yes. of why I behave the way I do and why it's important to, even in the face of opposition and what may feel like rejection, That's what I'm saying. to be able to stand tall, to be able to put your best foot forward and yes. to make a commitment. Because as you talk about the benefits yes. of legacy, yes. <laughs> that is a benefit I think of legacy that I probably didn't really appreciate yes. until today. Yeah. That the ability to deal with challenges yes. with a degree of humility is one of the values that I think have been able to pass down to me. Frankly, let me say this to you. Way. Another wonderful thing from this podcast, and the way the Butler family is being open about it. If you want to see Milo's greatness, yeah. it's in the fact that you're now a G5. G5. Yeah. And don't care what happened. Ain't nobody killed nobody yet. That's for sure. Don't care what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, by the time you go from G1 to G2, yep. people are different. Yeah. No, I just want to do different things. Yep. 
That is it don't very mean true. I, you know, you better than me. That Be different. True. That is true. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, there's a part of money that the company makes. Yep. You got shares, I got shares. Yeah. You want to see the factors that one might say, man, pay the dividends because I want dividends. I won't go do this. Yep. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Someone else could say, man, leave the money in the company. Let it grow. Yeah. It's the same story to Sunshine Boys. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's the exact same story. Yeah. Some said, let's pay dividends. Yeah. Some says, leave the money in the company and let the company grow. Yep. That don't mean one better than the other. Yeah. They're different. Yeah. They're different. Yeah. And, and, and in those differences, Sir Franklin, once we're able to understand that ultimately we still share the common vision that we're able to achieve that. I want you to speak to Let that because sometimes we do have <clears throat> those Let me say differences. This to you. See, from a legacy point of view, please understand. Let's first accept the fact that we're different. Yep. We gotta accept it. Yep. Let's not condemn someone because And it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. He 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 won't be an artist. Yeah, it's okay. I won't be a businessman. Yeah. Okay. So my point to you is you have those things. Yep. Okay. The fact of the matter is let's also accept that every time you go from G1 to G2 to G3, et cetera, et cetera, there's new dynamics. For sure. Those dynamics come in various forms, yep. including something called marriage. Yep. Because now there's people coming in the family who bring in a different set of thinking. Perspectives. Perspectives. Yep. I almost was going to use another word. I know you were. <laughs> You understand my point? <laughs> so these are realities. These are realities. The fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, your son happened to be come face in the same class as his cousin. Yeah, yeah. Who comes six? Yeah. What's wrong with coming six? Yeah. Nothing save it except that my cousin come first. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you understand that's that point? That's, that's, a, that's a big nut. That's nothing. powerful. That's powerful. <laughs> uh, so anyway, colleagues, I, I you know... So Franklin, I, I, thank I you. absolutely loved it. I love your illustration. I love I love the humor that you bring to it and demonstrating our differences. But you know, this is all a part of family dynamics. Yeah. This is exactly a family business, right? Yeah. And I think my biggest takeaway from today's conversation from you, Carlos, and from you, Sir Franklin, is really that. Can I make one values. last point before you wrap up? Sure. One sure. last point that I sure. see here is thing. Please understand this. And I encourage you, I try the best I can in my family circles to make this point. Franklin Butler Jr. has brothers, got children. Yep. 
everyone could understand you could love your brother. You love your children. Yep. They two different kind of love. Yeah, 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 yeah. They two different kinds of love. Absolutely. So my point to you is we all face, we will all face decisions where at what point do you do things with your brother and sister yeah. as opposed to with your wife and children. And children. Absolutely. That's a reality. Yeah. Franklin Butler helped teach me what he do. I doing what Frankie do. Yeah, yeah. His daddy did. Yeah, yeah. He did both. Yeah. He did both. He did both. Yeah. He did certain things with his siblings. He did certain things with his children. Right. And you don't know how true that is. Yes. Sunday afternoons, <laughs> when the corporation gathered either on Ernest Street, it was Milo Butler, Caroline, and their 10 children right. without the wives, the children, and yeah. everyone else. Yeah. And the decisions were, were made, made there. That's right. And then, of course, those decisions were either disseminated, agreed, or kept to each other. But those were the dynamics. That's for sure. Yeah. So I just want to wrap up, Loretta. I want to thank you again for going on this journey with me in this podcast and helping us to celebrate our legacy. I don't take for granted that while we are cousins, the role that your political journey has had on helping us to shape this program is one that I want to personally thank you for. And I want to close by thanking Sir Franklin and thanking Carlos for being our guest of our second episode. And to our audience, our guests, I hope that you find this an incredible story. We're here to sh share stories that inspire and educate. And we hope that tonight you are left a little bit more inspired about your own legacy and about how you are governing your life, how you're choosing your partner, because there's no such thing as a self-made man. Despite all the successes of Sir Milo, I think we ended today by concluding that Lady Caroline was the secret sauce. So thank you, Grammy. Thank you, Loretta. Thank you so much, Franklin. I will be every step of the way with you, but I cannot allow you to close out without celebrating these two amazing men. We thank you so much, Sir Franklin, for the invaluable lessons and stories you shared with us. Carlos, looking to you, as a younger person that is doing dynamic things, we cannot thank you enough. enough. We want to say thank you as well to the Butler Legacy Foundation Absolutely. for allowing this podcast to happen. And without a doubt, the beautiful surroundings that we're in at the Echo Gallery here at Bahamar, who are also our sponsors. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you to our amazing guests. <laughs>